0: Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patti Holiday. Hey y'all, welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm Patti Holiday, your head fangirl in charge, and this is the Monday Movie Minute for August 5th. Every Monday we are going to chat about the movies that came out, what we saw last week, what's happening at the box office. Uh, you know, pretty much anything goes as long as it's movie related. Now, I saw 3 movies this week that I'm going to cover. Uh, one in the theater, one on Netflix, and one on the Disney Channel. <laughs> 3 guesses which one that was, guys. <laughs> So this week we are going to talk about uh, in the theater I saw Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw on Netflix Otherhood, and the Disney Channel show was of course Descendants three. But first we are also going to talk about the box office because I'm just fascinated by the numbers and what happens. And this week it's a it's, it's there's kind of a story going on. This is kind of cool. So not any surprise to anybody but Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw came in at over 60 million in the number 1 slot. No big surprise as far as it being number 1. I was a little surprised by how how much that was. I, that was a lot of money, but when I saw the movie and I figured once word got out, people people were going to go and see this. Plus there wasn't there wasn't really anything um competing up against it. As far as a new big like summer blockbuster type thing coming out. So it did make sense that it made it a good chunk of change. Uh, number two is Still the Lion King. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that's at uh, just over 40000000 million. Spider-Man Far From Home is number four. Number five is Toy Story 4. Number six is Yesterday. And number seven is The Farewell. Now The Farewell is that one that I was kind of alluding to a, a minute ago. Uh, this one is up... Over 60% over last weekend. Now, it's also in more theaters. They pretty much almost doubled the theaters. Not exactly, but almost doubled the theaters. But that's still a big a big percentage of, of people are... A lot more people are going to go see this movie than, than I thought they would, to be honest. I don't know if it's the buzz that it's getting. I don't know... Uh, I don't know what it is but it's it's a really good movie and every single reviewer that I have have seen uh, has basically been giving aquafina some major major props for for going outside of of her traditional roles that she does and um, it's a good movie it's a good movie guys I know I talked about it last week I don't think it's something that most kids are interested in so definitely leave them at home uh, I I just it's it's pretty heavy it's it's clean but it's pretty heavy but you can go listen to that podcast if you want to listen to that one <laughs> i was just tickled that they they moved up they I think they were like at in the eleventh spot maybe last last week and here they are no i think they broke the top 10 and here they are at, at seven you know uh which i i thought was pretty impressive for for kind of this this smaller uh smaller film it's not out in a ton of theaters Number eight is Crawl. Number nine is Aladdin, which I gotta be honest, I am surprised Aladdin is still, is still hanging in there. Uh, being in the Disney world, you have very strong feelings about this movie. You really either loved it or you really, really hated it. And I wondered if that buzz would affect how many people later in the summer would be willing to go to the movies to see it, but it's still kicking. It's still hanging in there. So go and I liked it uh, for anyone that wanted to know. <laughs> I did like it. And then Annabelle Comes Home is at number 10. So there's your box office. All right, we're going to start with Hobbs and Shaw. It's the newest movie out, uh, and it it just opened this week, so it's making a b- big splash, and it's going to be out out for a while. It surprised me the most. I'll say up front, I am not a Fast and the Furious fangirl. I have seen some of the movies. I've I've liked them well enough. I like them for what they are, but I am not you know one of those folks who are really tied up with the family and and all of that. So I went into Hobbs and Shaw. I will also admit I have a bias for Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham. I think they are both underrated actors. Yes, they're good-looking guys. Yes, they have the action chops. They can do all of that. But I actually think they're also Pretty impressive actors, and I don't think they get enough love on on that level. And so I was I was going to the movie just to give them that support, to be honest with you, because I wanted to, I want to see them in more things. And I know everyone's like, "Well, isn't the Rock like the highest paid actor in the world right now?" Mm, something like that. I don't think he's really you know too worried about what I think, but I like you, Dwayne. I like you. Uh, so that's why I went ahead and went to this one on opening night. And it surprised me. I had so much fun with this movie. Guys, this movie is just pure ridiculousness. And it knows it. I mean, right off the bat, you know how self aware it is when Idris Elba is asked, Who the F are you? or Who the heck are you? I can't remember exactly which word they use, but you know, they say something like, basically, Who are you, tough guy? And he responds, I'm the bad guy. I mean, come on. Um, it was it was brilliant. But it also made me go, oh, okay, so this is how it is. This is where we're going with that. All right. All right, so it just and it just gets sillier and crazier from there. But in a way that surprisingly works, at least for me, I, I never rolled my eyes too hard. I never thought,, Ugh, Another action sequence. I need to walk out of here. I'm bored. Because I do get bored if if the action is too much or goes on too long. I I, I lose interest. Never felt that way. Never felt that way with any of them. The stunts were crazy. Obviously never going to happen. Not realistic. Absolutely ridiculous, like I said before. But still a lot of fun. I just, I had a good time. I mean, I had more fun during this movie than anything else this summer. And yes, that even includes... Spider-Man Far From Home. And you guys know how much I love Marvel and the MCU. And I thought this was more fun for me. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Far From Home is a superior movie. It is such a better movie by far on pretty much every level. But this had me laughing and cheering. And, you know, I I don't know. Maybe I just needed to kind of check out mentally and have a good, good fun romp at the movie theater. And this movie totally provided that. Don't think. Just let the fun happen and you'll get more out of it. I thought the characters were likable and entertaining. Uh, again, I like Johnson. I like Statham. So that wasn't hard uh, to, to to enjoy. Vanessa Carby was great. She really was fantastic. And I liked how, uh, you know, sometimes with the Fast and the Furious movies, there's a lot of, uh, they, they degrade women and they, they don't treat women that great. Well, she was equal with these guys, and they knew it, and they gave her that respect. Uh, so I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. I, I really just think that if, if you if you're into the franchise, then you're probably going to like this too. But I can't speak to how it ties in with the others. On that level, on, on if you'll like the way those things fit, because I, I just don't know enough about those movies to understand that point of view. But if you are never seen a Fast and Furious before in your life, or you have no idea if you would understand it, you're not going to be lost. Sure. There's inside jokes and there's some cameos and there's some connections that it would help if you've seen the other movies. But you can safely go see this movie as a standalone and enjoy it for what it is. So, so like don't shy away if if that's what you're thinking. Now the parent movie review, uh, because your kids are probably at this point in the summer, they've seen all the Disney, they've seen <laughs> the Lion King. They want to see something a little more exciting, a little more action-y, right? And uh, I can say that this is probably Probably one of the least objectional movies uh, that I've seen this summer. That I I would I wouldn't hesitate. I'd let I'd let my my kids probably ten and up go to the theater to see this one. The women are like I said are, are treated you know with a lot more respect. So I don't have those issues there. And um, there's no nudity. There's no sex. There is a lot of language and of course a lot of ridiculous violence. But I almost feel like it's so ridiculous. Even a young kid knows how ridiculous this is, if that if that helps, if that makes sense. So in my household, I'd say ten and up could could see this one, and I wouldn't be too too spun up over that. Overall, I'm gonna give it a seven or eight if you just really wanna have fun. All right, the other movie that I decided to watch, I had some time to myself on Sunday morning, and I decided to treat myself to some Shit's Creek because you guys know how much I love that show. And if you're not watching Shit's Creek, please go listen to the episode where we fangirl it. Uh, or if you are watching it and you just want to listen to people who get it, <laughs> we did actually do an episode about Shit's Creek, and uh, I just love this. And I'm, I think I'm on my, oh, I think this is my fourth run through this summer. Yes, it's that good, and yes, I love it that much. Um, Anyway, I started pulling up Schitt's Creek on Netflix, and instead... I decided to go with their recommendation, which was Otherhood, and it's a new movie that just came out. I think I think it just came out on Friday uh, on the Netflix channel. And I and I went ahead and looked at it because the actresses that are in it uh, appealed to me. It's Patricia Arquette, Angela Bassett, uh, Felicity Huffman. Those are they play three mothers who are also longtime friends and empty nesters, and they decide to go to New York City to reconnect with their adult sons. It's Mother's Day. The sons have basically blown them off or ignored them or sent a lazy text. And these moms are like, uh, we're not going to stand for that. You know, we need to go see our kids and talk to them. So they go into New York. And uh, when they get there, you know, they discover that the three sons, Daniel, Paul, and Matt, you know, they're all facing their own issues. And then, of course, the moms also discover that they really have their own issues that they're not facing. That's, that's their problems. The moms are not facing their own issues. And, and part of those issues are that their sons have grown up and moved out. But they're still kind of clinging to them. Anywho, this is one of the movies that I am going to have to go against pretty much every other critic that is out there. <laughs> People don't like this, okay? The critics are not happy with this movie. They are kind of panning it left and right. And I'm going to say that I'm surprised to see it. When I sat down to watch this movie, I'd had no expectations. I just turned it on. It turned out that it had me laughing. It had me, it actually had me crying. Um, I think part of that is my emotional motherhood journey that I'm on myself. So I connected to it on some some levels. I'm not as old as they are. I'm not quite to where they are in life and, and their experiences, however, I can see it, guys. It's in my future. (laughs) I can see it. And it was just one of those uh, sweet movies for me that I I enjoyed. I I thought the writing was fine. I thought the acting was actually pretty good. Uh, I I do think the actresses, you know, weren't given quite enough to work with on on their characters. Like their characters aren't super developed in the sense that we don't know a whole lot about their background. So I'm, I'm not saying that the critics who are panning this are wrong. I just personally, you know, don't totally agree with them. It, it, it is formulaic. It, it, there's some trite scenes. Um, the circumstances have no massive surprises going on here. I get all of that. I, I don't, again, I don't disagree. But in the end, when I go to a movie or when I sit down and watch a movie, I critique it or I review it based on if. I was number one if I was entertained and then all the other stuff comes into play. You know, how was the acting? How was the plot? How was uh, how was the look of the film? You know, all those things do factor in. They do matter. But bottom line for me is number one, Trump's all, and that was, was I entertained? And uh, yeah, I was I was totally entertained on this one. Again, that could have a lot of factor into the fact that I am a mother who's got kids that are in high school, and I can see that, you know, leaving the house soon enough kind of thing happening in my world. So sure, it could factor in. But I, I d- don't don't listen to all the critics. Give it a chance. Sit down. Start watching it. If you don't like it, you can always turn it off. That's the beauty of Netflix. You're already paying for the subscription, so it's not like you're losing any money when you change it to Shits Creek in the middle of the movie, right? So uh, give it a try if, if you think the topic matter is anything that you, would, that, that you would find appealing. Or if you even just like those actresses because they were all three. I thought they were all they Pretty great. Pretty great. They gave some... Uh, Some truths in this movie that I think we all kind of know are out there, but we don't... We don't recognize maybe until it's thrust upon us or until we're surrounded into it. So like I said, I just felt like this was kind of a little, hey, just warning, these things are coming in your life or some variation of this. Obviously, it's not going to be just like the movies, but some variation of it might be coming down the line. I don't know. I'm just saying don't necessarily listen to all the critics. Give it a shot. It's on Netflix. It ain't going to cost you any more than you've already spent. So why not, right? Parent movie review for this one. It's not really too bad from the typical things that I would review this on for kids. You know, no violence. There is a little bit of sex and a little bit of discussion of sex. Uh, I think there's a little bit of nudity too. I think uh, I see either he's totally naked or mostly naked. I can't remember exactly what the guy was doing. Uh, There is a girl in bra and panties. So you do, you know, have some of that going on but they're brief scenes and it's not the majority of the movie by any stretch of imagination uh there is some language there there are some adult humor you know put in here but it's not terrible you know in in that general sense of the world however i i honestly would not suggest this movie for anyone under the age of 30 (laughs) uh and it's because of the subject matter i i don't think that it would resonate with you unless you're either the child's age the these adult children and can can see the movie from their their eyes and their point of view or the parents age or or the mom's age and kind of can see it from from their point of view if you're you know too young even in your early 20s i, I don't i don't know that this is going to I don't know if this is going to sit with you. So I'm just going to say kids in general, I'd say no to uh, to seeing this because I don't think they would get it and I think they'd be bored. So I'm going to give this one, say, let's say, a 6 out of 10. Not perfect, But I did enjoy it. I had fun with it. I would watch it again. I would totally watch it again. It was not a waste of time in in my world. (laughs) And then the last movie, the last movie to talk about today is Descendants 3. This movie is the, the teenagers of Disney's infamous villains return to the Isle of the Lost to recruit a new batch of villainous offspring to join them at Auradon Prep. It's one hour, 46 minutes long, uh, but it goes by quicker than that, I thought, because of the singing and the dancing, you know, throughout. But if you've seen the other two movies, you have an idea of the flow of this one. It it stands up against the other ones. Uh, This one was a little bit of heartbreak um, because, of course, we lost the actor Cameron Boyce. Uh, earlier this year, in July, he suddenly passed away at the age of 20, and uh, this was his last film. And after being part of the the Disney community for so long, I mean, my kids have grown up seeing this guy on screen, uh, from the TV shows to the movies. You know, it, it was it was kind of tough to watch him and to know that this was it. However, it was. It's also pretty great to watch him because, you know, I got to see the joy and the happiness of him doing what came across or at least seems to be what he loved to do with his life. So we liked it. We liked it. Overall, uh, this was a decent way to, to wrap up the franchise. And my daughters and I enjoyed it. Uh, we watched it together. We were singing. We were dancing. Um, just as we have with all the other Descendants movies. And, uh, you know, I, I liked it. I, I didn't like it as much as the first one. I definitely still love that first one. But I I did enjoy this one for, for what it's worth. Uh, there's nice lessons for kids. Um, you know, things to think about like, the bad guy isn't always coming from where you think they'd come, and someone bad can still do something good when you give them a chance. You know, there's some some good little lessons that kids can pick out. I'm gonna give this one an eight out of ten because the whole family can safely watch it, and uh, there was nobody super annoying in it. <laughs> I think I've confessed before that I don't really like kid actors, and granted, I think all of these kids now are in their 20s. So maybe they're not kid actors anymore. But still, the the, the point is still there is that uh, they didn't annoy me. I still enjoyed them. And I can't wait to see what they do now that their Descendants, you know, movies are over. At least I, I think it's over. Maybe it's not over for all of them. But I, I know I know one of them. I know Sophia Carson has said goodbye to Evie to her character. So we at least know that much. And then at the end Disney put together a gut-wrenching, tear-jerking, sweet tribute to Cameron and yep, I cried. I totally cried and my daughter's cried and we all were reminded to just give each other bigger hugs that night before bed, I think, because of that. But it was it was it was a good movie. It was a good movie. So, it's going to be on Disney Channel like for forever. <laughs> go watch it. <laughs> if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. <laughs> All right, guys, well, that's all I've got for the Monday Movie Minute this week. There is a new podcast episode coming on Thursday, as always, uh, and we are finally circling back to Veronica Mars to talk about what the heck happened with season four, and we will answer the question, Rob Thomas, are we still friends? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go back and listen to the first Veronica Mars fangirling episode where we talked about how excited we were for this new season and what our history is with the fandom, why we love Veronica Mars, why we think she's so fantastic, where we hoped season four would go. Well, season four is out. I can tell you, spoiler alert, it did not go where we wanted it to go. Uh, overall, that was kind of the consensus. Uh, But anyway, the guests are back. The same two guests that were on that original episode are going to be back on this one. And they are super marshmallows. They love to talk about Veronica. So if you love Veronica, too, and you want to hear some discussion about it all spoilerly, Yes, we spoil everything because it's been long enough. That's what we're doing on Thursday. So come on back and give us a listen then. Until then, don't forget to subscribe. Throw those five-star reviews up there. It helps other fangirls find the show. And it's always appreciated by yours truly. Plus, if you love what you're hearing and want to do more to keep the show going, I'd love to have you as a patron. Your support would help with the hosting fees, equipment upgrades, uh, just keeping the cost down on a production like this. You can do that at patreon.com backslash no guilt fangirls if you are so inclined and super appreciated once again. All right, guys, thanks for fangirling with me on the No Guilt Fangirls podcast. Hope you'll be back to fangirl with me again real soon.